Now, as school leaders, we all know that before committing to any new school initiative, it's incredibly important to demonstrate due diligence and research your prospective purchase. Now, this is, of, of course, especially important for school leaders when we consider the current financial constraints of UK schools. So in this episode of Vocabulary Detectives, Lisa and I are having one of our chats where we're going to be looking at how school leaders can really evaluate the impact of interventions and how to use data and progress to make sure that you're getting the most bang for your buck. So welcome to Vocabulary Detectives, everybody. I'm Sarah Ledger, CEO, and let's get started. Now, before we go, Lisa, before we start, yes, you're poorly sick. I have a tickly cough and a little bunged up. I'm not wholly sick, but it is nice to just give people a heads up in case there's any horrible coughing. I do. I'll try and keep it to a minimum, I promise. We do very little in terms of the editing suite in our podcast. Usually we yeah. quite like all of our bloopers and our mishaps. But if you start like really spluttering down the mic, we might have to get the editing team to have a little Cut go. me out. Cut me out. Bless you. Is it is it because of the topic we're talking about today that you're feeling a bit under the weather? No, this is that as you know, I love I love talking about data. Um and it's one of my favorite questions when I, I, I don't really do much front facing now, but if I am speaking with a member of SLT, you know, a school member of staff, and they ask me about what's your evidence, it's my favorite question because it show you know, they're they're showing due diligence, they're doing the homework and they're absolutely doing what they should be doing so no I love talking about data so it's not that we've been doing good I'm pleased because we've been, <laughs> we've been doing lots of work in terms of podcasts and our marketing and and everything that we've been doing around kind of the external parts of our products because obviously we've had our national literacy trust report in that evidences yes. the impact that lexonic advance does have on students if you haven't seen it please vis- visit the um, impact evaluation section of our website and obviously, that's a document that we're incredibly proud of. But like you said, a lot of our process and a lot of the work we do with school leaders is actually in that consultative point of view. So yeah. let's just do a little chat as if we're supporting maybe a, a new literacy lead or yeah. a new assistant head in terms of child teaching and learning. And they've never had to look at how to impact on reading before or how to intervene with reading before. So yeah. how does impact on students show itself in data and what should we be looking at in terms of yeah. getting good value for money for a reading intervention program yeah okay um so first of all i just want to and sorry if this isn't where you want me to start so if you're looking at a potential um intervention program if there isn't kind of right slap bang in your face empirical data so be wary of um ambiguous claims like we impact on um comprehension we impact on reading okay great by how much in what time frame so there should be empirical data that is um front and center um and that it is evidenced you know we've got that independent evaluation so just be wary of ambiguous woolly um statements about what impact you should see for your students. It should be really clear in how much how much impact are we talking about? How is it measured? And in what time frame? And that time frame goes back to something that the, the no doubt will come up in this podcast. It's something we've spoken about before, but but ratio gains as well. So just have a mind of how are they laying out the impact of their intervention? Why are they saying that it's benefiting benefit students? Or how, should I say, how is it benefiting students? 
I think what you said there about asking the question by how much and in what time frame is yeah. absolutely absolutely essential. I mean, I was in a school just yesterday, secondary school just yesterday, and I spoke to them about their current intervention programs. And I asked them those two questions and they were talking about students being on an intervention program for like a year or 18 months. And, yeah. and it was something they were very proud of. Yeah because the students were making progress but I kind of dropped a little bit of a bombshell and sort of left it with them to brew I must go back to make sure they're all right and talk <laughs> about that point you often talk about about the difference between intervention when an intervention's an intervention and when an intervention's actually curriculum yeah so 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 quite often you you, you know you'll ha- like you said you'll have a conversation with SL today they'll, they'll talk about reading and what they're doing to close the gap for students who have got reading deficits and they will say right well we're doing x program and here's the data my first thing is you're looking to see, which I know we've done this together when, when we've done school visits, looking at the correlation between that. So you're looking, first of all, is the data sets reliable? Classically, you know, if you see yo-yoing, then you need to ask yourself possibly questions to do with the intervention, maybe the assessment piece. Um, but yeah, you need to look at what's the impact it's making and in what time frame. Because again, if you just see um, and this is something that I spoke of in uh, a recent blog. If you were trying to compare, you're trying to do your due diligence and you're trying to compare program A to program B. Um, and, you know, one of them is quoting um, 15 months gain. That sounds really great, doesn't it? And then one program might be quoting 10 months gain. If that's all you're provided with, then you're going to go with that first program. But if it's then got the the follow-up information of how long it took to make those gains there might be a reason why they're not advertising that because like you said it should be a fire stop a fire break it should be short sharp short-term intervention otherwise you're it yeah it's it's more it's just adding to the curriculum it's not an intervention in the in the truest sense of, of what that word means so once you're able to look at the impact and then you're able to look at how long you're able to look at um, the ratio gains. Because, you know, a, a child without any additional need should be making month-to-month progress. Um, so that we need to, that's not enough for a child who's got a deficit, right? We need to make more than that. That's what the intervention should be able to do um, for accelerated progress. So once you're able to look at the number of months divided, months progress, sorry, so the number of months progress made, divided by the number of months required to make that progress, then you can be started to talk about the ratio gains. And that's where you can compare, directly compare interventions. So it doesn't matter what their kind of headline figure is, the number of months progress, it's that ratio gain that allows you to compare um, the different programs. Um, so if it's between what, if that calculation gives you an, a, a, an answer of between one to two, that's like modest, modest, it's considered to be modest impact. Um, two to three, useful. It's only when you get to three to four and then over four that it's either substantial or remarkable progress. Um, So revisiting that kind of 15 months or 10 months, it might actually be the 10-month program that is substantial or indeed remarkable if it's within a shorter time frame. Does that does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. And you know, we we this is a, a podcast from our company, and obviously, Lexonic Advance is classed as remarkable. It's in that four plus box, isn't it? Of course, it is. <laughs> of course, it is. But we still have to have these proper conversations with SLT because you're spending money. 
Yeah. You, you know, and especially at the moment, again, in, in conversations with head teachers, budgets are getting really, really squeezed. So you need to make sure that the interventions that you're spending your really important budget on is incredibly focused, incredibly time sensitive, and gives you those really impactful ratio gains. Yes. On top of that, however, I'd be saying two other things. I'd be saying that you'd want to make sure that you're looking at an intervention that tells you specifically what it is they're going to impact on. Yeah. Because these grand statements of reading intervention, literacy intervention, when yeah. you boil that down to the actual data and what a child needs, you've got to make sure that the thing you're purchasing and buying into actually impacts on yeah. the need. Yeah. Yeah, um, completely. So a phonics, you know, phonics is a big biggie at the moment in secondary school education. And yes, we do have a phonics based intervention called Lexonic Leap. But phonics isn't all of it. You talk about that continuum of phonics, don't you? And sometimes yeah. I think a misunderstanding of teachers about what phonics is, what fluency is, what vocabulary exploration is and instruction is sometimes misleads what actually the intervention should be fo focused on. Yeah, and I and I've had experience of that just recently doing some doing some training. When we've got students who have got issues with their reading, I think there is there's starting to become this assumption, oh, we've got phonics gaps, our children need phonics. Actually, no, they've got their phonics. What they're struggling it with is as I, I, we often call is that continuum of phonics. It's it's the it's the later stage. So they're struggling when they're dealing with the syllable level and, and blending those together effectively to read a polysyllabic word. So I think there's a knee jerk. Oh, it's phonics. They've got phonics gaps. Actually, no, if you screen them, they don't have gaps. What they're struggling with is um, decoding and, and blending polysyllabic words, which would be lexonic advance. So I think it's, yeah, just having a clear understanding of actually using your assessment piece that you've got in school effectively to really understand where their gaps lie um no completely and another thing that i think um it's about um uh, how financially viable is that is it you know what is the cost um and the implications of that cost so you know how many if it's a training program where it's delivered one-to-one -one. that is a that is a lot of expense right if it has to be delivered one-to-one -one, especially when you then look at that ratio gain how long is it taking them to make that time because if that member of staff is working one-to-one -one, then that's that is a big big old cost to that um to that program you know we do know that intervention works best with a kind of um with small group i'm i, I don't like one-to-one -one work um, I find it really challenging for the student that you've got in front of you. Yeah, it, I know it is it is necessary sometimes, but um, there's nowhere to escape to is there? if you're the learner, if you're the student and you've got a, an adult in front of you. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stigma on intervention anyway, right? You're being withdrawn from your peers. So it is kind of you are well and, you know, children are savvy. They're well aware if they've got and sometimes they can be absolutely masters of disguising um, that deficit sometimes and hiding it. Um, so there's a lot of stigma be, you know, about being withdrawn and if that is then one-to-one -one, you don't have anyone to bounce off there is nowhere to hide and if there's going to be mistakes to be made it's going to be you every single time mm -hmm. and that's just then compounding that idea um, that you're there because you know uh, you're not good enough you're stupid 
you know, and, you talk and that's about horrible. The, you talk about the stigma, though. We actually do talk to a lot of schools and teachers that say that kids go lining up to go on at Lexonic yeah. Advance. Yeah. Yeah. When's on it people's doors. Am I, it on the list yet? Am I on yeah. the list yet? Yeah, that's um, just gold, isn't it? That's, I love it. I love it. Um, the other thing I would add to that to do with financial viability is what's the impact on your staff? Yeah. So as a school leader, if you are going to invest in intervention that includes staff training, it's about how you case study, how you you question, how you um, survey those staff about the impact that training has had on their ped- pedagogy as a whole. So yeah. there might be experts at delivering the intervention, which is what you want them to be doing. That's their main focus in that instance. But actually, if that intervention program is also then impacting the way that they then do their own studies or that lead their own class or support the students as a as a HLTA or whatever role they are, I think that's another key indicator about the almost systematic impact of yeah. an intervention training. Yeah, absolutely. You know, once you once you have that knowledge of how the best way to support a vulnerable reader or vulnerable speller, whatever it might be, or somebody who doesn't, who's got issues with vocabulary. Um, you can't, you can't lose that. You can't take that away from that individual. So whatever, in whatever guise, whatever capacity that teacher then finds that they will be, you know, using those, those skill sets. So, yeah, I think we know now that intervention shouldn't just be this bolt on, shouldn't be something that's running parallel to, everything else going on in school it needs in order for any intervention you know we're not just talking about lexonic here any intervention what impact is it having on your staff so that they can that bleeds out into the classroom so that you've got the same methodology being um, consolidated and revisited and you know it's only then that you can have all the, the, the fullest extent of that of any intervention and then your intervention provider should be guiding you through all of this as well. That's a really important point. They should be yeah. offering quality assurance post initial training. They should be making sure that your trainers and your deliverers are up to scratch. There should be a mechanism for the people that you've had trained to get in touch with their trainer or the company through some sort of support mechanism so that you know, again, as a school leader, that the quality that the company is saying that you will get, they are you are getting because you get your initial training of staff, but then there's some ongoing support as well. Yeah. And and that's something that I forget. Not but we do that. It's part of who we are. And that's probably because um we've all come from educate we're all, you know, ex teachers or we've come from education. And I think that's just who we are, isn't it? But that is some of the feedback that we that we get that oh, the you know the post training support is really is just second to none. Um, I know I've got an expert on the end of a phone and I can just pick up and, and ask a question and someone's there to help and we don't just go in, you know, give you it and walk away. We've got that kind of long-term kind of partnership with them, which I forget that puts that sets us apart. Um, another thing, we, we talked about assessment and if you've got an external assessment, you know, like NGRT or something, perfect, you know, um, but just be wary of, they they should be offering a measure of impact um included in the intervention in my opinion um they need to demonstrate that what you've been promised is happening um so you know like we do we we've got assessment pieces with ours um but just pause for thought there again of where where's that come from if it's self devised if it's if it's their own assessment piece doesn't necessarily mean it's bad but it it you know are we teaching to a test because that obviously that's not good so 
um, that just would be be something else to to query. Is it an independent assessment piece? I think anything the second that you get like standardized form, standardized assessment, yeah, and you exactly. know it's been done over thousands of data sets, and it just makes sure that if anyone ever questions you about the validity of your data, you can say, well, we use X or we yeah. use this, this company and they use Y. Yeah. Um, and that just, again, it just puts, just puts your, yourself, you know, puts it, you at ease as the leader that it's all going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. And there's the, there is the, this is the question that I don't often, I don't like getting asked, but is it, you know, is it computer-based? I think the tide is turning on that one though, isn't it? At one time, people would disregard the teacher-led intervention. But I think the tide is turning. Jump in if you disagree, Sarah. But um, they are seeing now the value of the human sat in front of them, right? I think with the dip, the COVID dip, I think with yeah. the social and emotional impact of the pandemic is still going to be hitting us. I read something that it's going it's going to be lingering within our young people for at least four or five years, that sense of, of loss, that sense of yeah. grief that they went through with, with the pandemic. So it is, I think it, I think you're right. At the moment we are in a period where we are seeing more face-to-face -face interventions because students need that interaction, they need that sociability. You learn prosody, which is one of the competencies of fluency from listening to proper speech. Yeah. Um, now I know you can do that electronically, but when we then strip that right back down to phonemic awareness and pure sounds, um, I'm not convinced that computers are there yet in terms of oh. real pure sounds and yeah. that ability to to correct to correct and improve on the spot is absolutely essential when we're coming when we're thinking about especially phonics intervention but all interventions the yeah. questioning that you can get from a, a human being and how that human being can be taught to question again in response to what they're hearing yeah yeah and I think that's for me when you see the magic of intervention when it's when you've got this dialogue between the teacher and the student the student might give you the incorrect answer and it's how you then respond to that not by giving them what the correct answer was or you know whatever you were looking for response you were looking for but it's then teasing out and getting them to to revisit certain points or you know you might be able to get to the stem of the confusion and where they've gone yeah. they've gone wrong and you know, I love I listening to you when you're training staff because you do this class thing where, I don't know, you'd be looking at the prefix X and you'll say X, what does it mean and how do you know? And an and a adult, a delegate will say um, X must mean out. And you go, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. And for that split second, they go, am I? <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah. so. But it's yeah. that, that, it, that it facilitates that thought. It facilitates that self-check, which facilitates the um, independence. Yeah. It's that layer of really savvy questioning that, yeah, built-in resilience, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah no, I'm, I'm checking myself, my, my own kind of thought process there. Yeah, no, I'm right. And, um, and I think when we come to that filter, that second filter, in in our um, one of our recent podcasts um, called Assessed, Identified, Now What, we speak at length about what to do post-initial um, data in terms of your screeners and everything like that. So please, please, please listen out for that if that's something that you're interested in. But in that podcast, and we often do talk about in that screener, the importance of that being a child to uh, with a teacher or a child with an adult, firstly, to stop gamification because a, a student yeah. will gamify anything. But also when we're talking about these secondary school students who are older and vulnerable and are feeling really uneasy about what's happening here, if you are sat one-to-one -one with an, a human being, they'll clock if you haven't had breakfast that mm. morning. They'll clock if you're just not quite with it. So therefore, I'll probably say, look, John, 
this is not the time. We're not going to do this now. Let's have some breakfast. Have your period one and I'll, I'll catch you after break. Yeah. Um, and it just makes sure then that the assessment's a true assessment, that you're, you're actually seeing the child as you need to see them and not to then make sure you impact on them. Yeah, so that's going back to that yo-yo question as well, a yo-yo point mm-hmm. I made earlier, isn't it? Where you've got, you can't rely, you need to be able to rely on your data. Yeah. So you need to, you know, you need to scrutinise it and, and have a little look. But yeah, I think that, so we've kind of gone around the houses, but when you're looking to invest, because it is an investment, right? It's not an insignificant amount of money. And, you know, especially in the climate we're in right now, you need to know, you need to you need to know what it is that you're looking for in intervention. What is it that my students are struggling with? So we're quite open and transparent that our um, flagship program, Lexonic Advance, is helping them to decode polysyllabic words and then build on their vocabulary uh, knowledge um, via morphemic analysis. We're quite open about that. Um, so is it the right fit for what I want? And then crucially, right, what's their data? What is it saying? I don't want any wish-washy, this, this will help, this will benefit your students' reading. Right, lovely. By by what in in what time frame? So then, once you've got those two figures, you can look at the ratio gains. And is it a worthwhile investment of money? Because um, if it's taken a year, that's too long. Yeah. And the yeah. whole point of intervention, it's a fire break. It teaches students a methodology that they can then apply themselves independently. And then your staff training is the next layer, because when that those students and all students are in classroom, they should be seeing some repetitive habits from their intervention in their classroom teaching so that then you get that long term impact. Yeah. And then other kind of viability things, you know, how is it delivered one to one? I'm not saying that any one-to-one programs are bad. I'm not. I'm not saying that. So don't come at me. Um, but it does factor into the decision making. You know, um, is it only that one member of staff that you can have trained for that price? Because um, you know that if there's only ever going, you're only ever going to be able to afford one member of staff. That leaves you vulnerable, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so you know, yeah. Well. The, the, Lisa, I'm going to interrupt you there before because okay. Brown's have a big coughing, coughing fit in a moment. And I know yeah. you would talk about this forever, ever, ever. Um, and I'm actually off to a remembrance service at my daughter's Lovely. school in half an Lovely. hour or so. So I'm going to go and uh, brush my hair, take my heels off, get my big woolly coat. And uh, <laughs> thank you so much for a fantastic episode again of Vocabulary Detectives. We promise our avid listeners of our usual vocabulary detective model, we are getting back to morphemic analysis i promise and we are going to have our Anne back on the podcast soon soon. um but for now there was another conversation with our expert lisa and myself sarah ledger take care everybody and don't forget reach out via lexonic.co.uk or email enquiries at lexonic.co.uk bye